Once In, Never Out by Dan Mahoney For Police Officer Bobby Walsh, NYPD, killed in the line of duty on January 12, 1981. Police hero and good friend, still missed. Prologue Saturday, February 28th, Rockall, North Atlantic Just standing on the bridge of HMS Courageous at dawn was usually enough to put Commodore Sir John Wellingsley in a good mood and fill his breast with pride. The Courageous was a magnificent light cruiser, sleek, fast, and modern, the peer of any ship in any navy in the world. But today was different. As Sir John surveyed the nautical traffic around the miserable pinpoint of rock rising from the depths of the North Atlantic, he knew that he was about to lose an embarrassing naval engagement to Iceland, a country that didn't even have a navy. The Icelanders would win because they had done what the British cabinet and its experts from the Admiralty had not thought possible. They had sailed their small, fast coastal fishing boats to Rockall, crossing at least 230 miles of the most treacherous expanse of the North Atlantic. A thousand years before, Icelandic Vikings had crossed the North Atlantic in forty-foot open boats and had ravished the British coast for fun and profit. For the people who had colonized Greenland in the tenth century and traveled to North America four hundred years before the birth of Columbus, the trip to Rockall in a modern forty-foot fishing boat was child's play, nothing more than a delightful sea excursion. Now the small boats of the Icelandic coastal fishing fleet were there in front of Sir John, clearly visible from the bridge as they prepared for action against the strong nets of the large British fishing trawlers he had been assigned to protect. It was the maneuverability of the small boats, not the speed and the firepower of the courageous, that would decide the day. Sir John knew how it would go, because as a young lieutenant he had served on the frigate HMS Manchester during the last Cod War in 1975. Then, as now, fishing was Iceland's primary industry. The waters around Iceland, where the warm Gulf Stream meets the cold Arctic current, were the richest fishing grounds in the world, with catches of cod, haddock, salmon, redfish, shrimp, scallops, Norway lobster, and herring, constituting three-quarters of the country's export income. However, in the early seventies, there had been a worldwide technological revolution in commercial fishing, with the fleets of the maritime nations employing bottom scanners and sonar to locate the schools, and then haul them in using improved lightweight nylon nets. In Iceland, the catches had plummeted and the country had been thrown into crisis. The Icelanders had claimed that the stocks of marine life off their shores were being depleted due to zealous overfishing by foreign fishing fleets, mostly British. The Icelandic government had reacted by unilaterally claiming authority over their coastal waters for a distance of 200 miles from their shores, the first country to do so. The robust crews of Iceland's small, economically threatened fishing boats had responded with vigor, cutting the very expensive nets of every British trawler found operating within the new limit. The British fishermen had protested to the British government, and the British government had protested to the Icelandic government, but the Norsemen hadn't been prepared to listen. Armed with complaints of net-cutting and righteous indignation, the British ambassador to Iceland had camped out at Government House in Reykjavik. He had been politely ignored until he threatened action by the Royal Navy. The Icelanders had considered the threat to be an undiplomatic breach of protocol and reacted by expelling the ambassador and breaking off diplomatic relations with the United Kingdom, thereby setting the stage for the Fourth Cod War in twenty years between the two nations. Backed into a corner, the British government had sent in the Royal Navy as promised, 
It had been a laughable show, with members of the world press covering the incident outnumbering the combatants on both sides. The imposing presence of the British fleet off their shores hadn't slowed the Icelandic fishermen in the slightest. The fishermen simply placed their wives and children on the decks of their boats as they went about their merry net-cutting mission under the guns of the British fleet. The Royal Navy had reacted by sending a warning shot across the bow of any Icelandic fishing boat approaching the strung nets of a British trawler, an action which sent the Icelanders into convulsions of laughter on the decks of their boats as they threw their life jackets overboard for the benefit of the reporters above. Then they had driven in behind the British trawlers and cut the nets anyway, usually giving the honors to the youngest person on board capable of handling the clippers. The British admirals had been able to do little more than watch and smile benignly for the cameras overhead. Their smiles had become even more forced when the...